0: What is up Divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host Brandon Kaboor and before we get started remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF or on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Also, if you are hungry for Dynasty content, join the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and Twitter where you can get my draft sheets and much, much more. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, Divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we are going over the Dallas Cowboys. Got a lot of hot names on the team for fantasy football purposes. We've got CeeDee Lamb, we've got the newly acquired Brandon Cooks, Tony Pollard, Dak Prescott, maybe Michael Gallup. We're going to get into it. We're going to start off right away and let's look at the Cowboys offensive line. They lost offensive guard Connor McGovern and that's pretty much the extent of it. We pivot over to their offensive skill positions. We've got the fact that, obviously, they lost running back Ezekiel Elliott, who still remains unsigned. They added wide receiver Brandon Cooks. They lost tight end Dalton Schultz. They added tight end Luke Schoenmacher in the second round. Then on the defensive side of the ball, they drafted defensive tackle Mozzie Smith in the first and then linebacker Overshone in the third. But the biggest change and something that we're definitely going to be exploring is their loss at offensive coordinator Kellen Moore who left and went to the Chargers. And now their new offensive coordinator is Brian Schottenheimer, who was the Seattle offensive coordinator from 2018 to 2020. So he fits that run-heavy mindset that McCarthy is preaching. That's what he did in Seattle. So we'll see if that ends up taking over here in Dallas. But first, let's look into the stats from last year. Last year in Dallas, in 2022, they had 1,000 in 87 plays that was among the best in the league not the number one but it was up there they passed the ball this is very important pay attention to this they passed the ball only 51% of the time last year they ran the ball 49% of the time and McCarthy is out here trying to act like he wants to run the ball more more than 49% of the time he wants to run the ball more than they pass the ball with just Tony Pollard and a bunch of guys, just a bunch of guys like Ronald Jones, Malik Davis, they're not Ezekiel Elliott. They're not a great running back. So for him to, to have the audacity to say that he's going to run the ball more this year and try to return to that when he didn't do anything to support that in terms of like how they drafted is just ridiculous to me. His new offensive coordinator, yes, he does know about a run-heavy offense. You know, Seattle, that's what they do. But they already ran the ball 49% of the time last year. I doubt that they have the ability to run more than that with their current group of running backs. You do have bad teams, bad offenses at times that are running way more than they're passing, like Atlanta and Chicago. But those teams had running backs or at least a good running game a good offensive line a good like Algier and Corderell Patterson and stuff they they had some names there Caleb Huntley to at least be able to get it done but mainly because the the Falcons have an amazing offensive line the Cowboys are not the Cowboys of old they don't have that same like top top tier offensive line still good but for them to say with Tony Pollard who's not built to take carries like an Algier, like an Algier is built to take carries. Like Tony Pollard's not built that way to just take a bunch of carries and a bunch of volume. So the fact that he's out here saying that is, come on, like let's let's apply some common sense here, right? It's a deep dive, but we're also using common sense. And I don't know how he's going to be running the ball more than 50% of the time with the group of guys he has now. Maybe they bring back Zeke, at that point, okay, fine, that would make sense. But with the current group of running backs, I'm not buying it. In 2021, they ran the ball 42% of the time, passed the ball 58% of the time. I do think they will stay near 50-50, but I don't think they're going to be where they want to be. I also worry that if they try to commit to a heavy run approach, that just raises Pollard's injury risk. His injury risk absolutely skyrockets if they do that. And if he gets hurt, they're going to be forced to go pass heavy because without Pollard, they have no running game at all. So I'm projecting, remember last year, it was 51% of the time pass, 49% run. This year, I'm projecting 52% pass, 48% run. But that's going to be accompanied by a big play decrease. They are losing Dalton Schultz, which the, the rookie tight end replacing him is not going to replace him right away. They're losing Dalton Schultz. Losing Connor McGovern will hurt them. Tony Pollard won't be as efficient with more touches. He's going to always be better with less touches. The more touches he gets, the less efficient he gets. And because he's not a Derrick Henry, he's not somebody that wears down the defense and gets better as the game goes on. It's the opposite for a guy like Tony Pollard. And then the biggest loss is losing Kellen Moore. We have been raving about Kellen Moore, and we're so excited in LA for the Chargers and Herbert because they got Kellen Moore. Well, if we're excited for them adding him, then we've got to have the inverse, and we've got to... be not excited about where he just left, which is obviously Dallas. And here's the other thing. So so the offense is going to be worse, right? They're going to get less plays in. But here's the cherry on top. They have one of the toughest schedules in terms of the defense they have to play in the entire league, especially, especially secondaries. Last year, they had one of the easiest schedules. Everybody in their division had a pretty easy schedule last year. This year, that division has one of the Among the toughest schedules in the league. So you have them losing their their genius mind in offense. You have them losing Ezekiel Elliott, losing Dalton Schultz, losing Conor McGovern, and now playing a much tougher schedule. And we think that they're going to be good enough to run the ball more than 50% of the time and produce everybody, which we'll get to, to where they're being drafted in fantasy. I'm not buying it. All right? This might seem like it's going to be a podcast of like pessimism. It's not. It's a po- podcast of realism. Okay, because I need to give you guys a reality check on the Dallas Cowboys. I'm projecting them to have 1000 plays. They had 1087 last time last year. I'm giving them 1000. That'll be around league average. They might be a little bit below league average because of all the things that they have lost and not replaced effectively. Right? So, with that 1,000 plays and that 52% pass rate that I'm projecting, that's 520 passes, easy math, and 480 runs. Now, I'm projecting them to have 40 touchdowns this year. 24 passing, after I finished my DAC projection, came out to 24 passing touchdowns, and 16 rushing touchdowns. So, 40 touchdowns total for the Cowboys. The last two years, they had 52 and 55. So... We obviously have a decrease in total touchdowns for this team by a significant margin. And I fully expect that that's going to ring true based off of all the things that this team is dealing with coming into this season. Let's look at Dak Prescott. First, let's knock out his rushing real quick, real easy. 50 carries, 200 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. That's what I'm projecting for him. I think he feels pressured to run a little bit more than usual because of the loss of Connor McGovern and also just that offense probably is not going to be as good. And so he's probably going to run a little bit more to try to make up for it. Like I said, like we've talked about, you're going to hear it a lot on this podcast, losing Kellen Moore, Schultz, McGovern, Zeke, that's going to have a negative impact on Dak's fantasy output. One of two things is going to be true. He either keeps or both, or I mean, sorry, one of the two is going to be true or neither will be true. He either keeps his efficiency because they run even more, so which we're not projecting. Obviously, we talked about it already. But let's say McCarthy was completely committed to the run and did what he says he's going to do and ran the ball more. So Dak could keep his efficiency because of that. However, he would have less volume, so he scores less fantasy points. Or which would I, which is what I'm projecting. Or he regresses because of all the losses and because of the regression, he scores less. So last year, he had a 66% completion rate, 11 yards per completion, 7.3 yards per attempt, basically he was NFL average, and a 5.8 touchdown rate, which is far above NFL average. I'm projecting for Dak Prescott for his completion percentage to go down from 66% to 65%. He'll complete a little bit farther down the field with guys like Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, hopefully healthy the whole season they can you know, help him go downfield a little bit better than he might have been able to last year. So lower completion rate, higher yards per completion from 11 to 11.3, giving him the same yards per attempt as last year. This is me being generous, okay? Because we've talked about all the losses. Despite all those losses, my projection comes out for Zach Prescott as him having the same exact yards per attempt. However, I'm hitting him where it hurts at the touchdown rate, 5.8, that's ridiculous. He's not going to do that. He's He's been in that range most of his career, but this is probably the, the toughest year he's going to have because he went from like having Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and a primetime Zeke to Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup to CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Tony Pollard and Zeke and Schultz. And then now it's going to be CeeDee Lamb, Pollard, and then maybe Brandon Cooks to like what Brandon Cooks has been. So it's it's tough. And, and Michael Gallup, I'm starting to sour on a little bit. But that that's not a great cast. It's probably the and losing Kellen Moore obviously. So it's probably the worst situation he's had through his career going into this year, in my opinion. And then he's also had like a top three, five offensive line his whole career. I think it's kind of coming down, trending down a little bit now. So also, one of the worst situations in terms of offensive line for him. Ultimately, like I said, I think he's going to keep his efficiency similar to last year, but his touchdown rate's got to go down. His inter- interception rate last year was double any year in his career. In the red zone, they're probably going to want to play it safer, and CeeDee Lamb is really the only red zone receiving threat because with Schultz gone, I that's really what they're working with in the red zone in terms of the receiving game. So they're probably going to run more in the red zone, which is going to take away some high, high um, value passes for Dak Prescott in fantasy. That's going to bring Dak Prescott out to 520 passes, 338 pass attempts, or pass completions, 3,819 passing yards. I, I I did not even imagine that this would be a possibility. I thought he would be throwing more before I did my projection, but after it, I feel really comfortable with this, honestly. 3,819 passing yards, 24 passing touchdowns, because I gave him a 4.6 touchdown rate, which is still above NFL average. And his yards per attempt is also above NFL average, or just there at 7.3. So really, I'm just projecting him as an average passer in the NFL, just not as much volume, because the offense is not going to be as good and he's not really much of a rusher. So at this point in time this you know now in the NFL how the NFL is especially for fantasy with all these guys who can run, it's going to hurt him. He he can't run and he used to do it a lot more, but he just that's not the guy he is anymore. So overall it's 3800 passing yards, 24 passing touchdowns for him, 200 rushing yards and two touchdowns. That's going to bring him to 16.5 points per game. I have no interest in that. He's about. He looks like, once I'm done with all my projections, he looks like he's going to be about quarterback 20. Which, yeah, he's going to finish higher than that. We have injuries go around, stuff like that. But projecting full health, he's about quarterback 20 for me. That's right where Bryce Young is projected, at 16.5 points per game as well. They're both projected about the same exact amount of fantasy points. Bryce Young's going to run a little bit more, probably pass a little bit more. Um, So for me, it's just, I don't see the volume. I don't see the efficiency. I don't see the explosiveness in the offense like on a regular basis for him. So for me, I'm out on Dak. Dak is being drafted around, you know, back-end QB1, top-end QB2. For me, he's a back-end QB2. So like middle to back-end QB2. So I'm not going to really have any shares of Dak in a redraft. And I actually don't have him in any dynasties right now. And you guys know I have been a Dak guy. So, and, and I was Dak, like just like Eckler... Dak was one of those players that I hit on before anybody else on the podcast going through projections because he used to run a lot more and you know we were able to hit on him and even in dynasty leagues like I drafted him at a very low cost I just ended up flipping him I do a lot of flipping when I when I hit on sleepers I usually flip them pretty quickly um so that I can have more picks to then grab more guys and just kind of build that way through through my dynasty leagues but Anyways, going back to Dak Prescott. Also, when you look at underdog, there's an over-under for his season passing yards. It's 4,025. I have him 200 yards under, in my projection, 200 yards under his over-under. Now, you add the injury element of him averaging about two games missed per season. That's about a 700-600-yard 700 700, difference for me between what his over-under is and what I would have him projected if he missed his average games. I feel good about this under because you have to remember that they're not setting when they're setting these lines, these over-under lines, they're not setting it at, hey, if this guy plays a full season, we think he's gonna do this. If that was the case, they would be off on every single one of these projections because they're they're all lower than a 17 game healthy season for the players that they're projecting. However, in this case, their projection is above or their over-under is above my projection when I project for full health by 200 yards. That's a pretty good deal because Dak Prescott could throw more than I'm expecting or be more efficient than I'm expecting, play the full season, and still hit the under. When you're looking at unders, that's very rare. So that's why I actually like this. This is a good under bet for season-long in underdog. Remember, you can use promo code Rewind. That's the word Rewind, R-E-W-I-N-D. And that's what I've got on Dak. I don't really have any interest. Now let's move into CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb, giving him a quick 10 carries for 75 rushing. Last year, he had 28% of the targets. Okay, Brandon Cooks got added. Michael Gallup should be hopefully healthy and a little bit better than last year. Zeke and Schultz are gone. Cooks could be, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to him, could be at the edge of a cliff, right? He could be because he's getting older. He didn't have a great season last year, so it's hard to tell if he's going to be like the number two or whatnot. We'll get to all that when I break down Cooks. But CeeDee Lamb, to me, he's an alpha elite. Okay, He's an alpha elite receiver. He's going to keep his high target share. I'm actually projecting his target share to go up. I think he's going to take another small step forward into that elite role. I have him going up to 30% target share. He doesn't have anybody around him that's just a premier threat to stop him from hitting that at this point in his career when he is that alpha elite. So with that step forward, I got him at thirty percent of the targets. Cooks and Gallup will help downfield, right? They're they're gonna help the offense downfield. They're good at that. But they're not target hogs. Neither of these two guys between Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, are target hogs. They never have been in their whole career. Brandon Cooks has been in many places. He's never been a target hog. He's gotten targeted well a good, healthy amount of times, but he's never been a guy that just soaks up the whole offense. So he, they're not going to do that here, which is why CeeDee Lamb is able to get that 30% target share. Now, when you look at him, he's been very consistent in all of his stat categories with touchdowns improving each year. So I'm keeping it similar, a little bit less than normal because I just think the offense is going to struggle more than, than usual. I have CeeDee Lamb, pretty much, like I said, very similar to his career stats, which are all his efficiency stats are pretty stable year to year, which is not super common, especially for wide receiver, but it's pretty stable. So I'm giving him a 68% catch rate, 12.5 yards per reception, and eight touchdowns of only 24 to go around. That's a 33% share of the touchdowns. That's a very large amount. I don't really see much upside for more than like 11 for CeeDee Lamb. Like maybe he can get 11 at the most, so I don't see much upside there either. For CeeDee Lamb, that brings him to 156 targets, 106 receptions, 1,326 receiving yards, and eight touchdowns with a little bit of rushing on the side. That's 17.3 points per game. To me, it's looking like he's going to finish out at about wide receiver six to eight for me when I'm done with all my projections. He is right below Jalen Waddle, who's at 18.8, but who has more volatility with Tua because Tua is very unstable. That's kind of brings some risk to Waddle, right? So I would draft C.D. above Jalen Waddle for this reason, even though I have Jalen Waddle projected for 1.2 points per game more than him. It's because I think Waddle carries a lot of risk that C.D. just doesn't carry, and CD's the number one in his offense, opposed to Waddle being the number two. Now let's talk about Brandon Cooks. So, so basically so far, right, staying away from Dak, CD is okay, but I still think he's being like slightly overdrafted, but he's he's fine. He's fine where he's going. Let's talk about Brandon Cooks. He's better than Michael Gallup. His higher or, or he has a higher over/under in Vegas than Michael Gallup. So, Vegas favors him as the number 2. He will be 30. This season, because he's getting close to 30 right now. So he will be 30 during the season. 32 is the age drop-off average for good, stable wide receivers for fantasy output. I, I did a study. Jeez, that's already four yawns, and we're like 20 minutes in, not even. I did a study about two years ago, where I took all of these wide receivers, all these guys who have been good over a long period of time in fantasy, did all of this stats, all this graphing, all of this stuff to figure out, hey, what's the average mean? What's the average age for wide receivers that have been really good in their careers for fantasy to drop off and how bad is the drop off? The drop off is horrible and it usually happens at 32. Some guys it hits at 31, some guys it hits at 33, but like 80% of the people that I, that I charted hit that drop off at age 32 exactly. So with that being said, Brandon Cooks is 29 right now. He will be 30 for the season, so we're not worried about that. He should be safe from that drop-off this year. He should be the number two. Schultz, as the number two last year, had 18% of the targets. Obviously, that's a different role, but that is similar to what Cooks has had throughout his career around that type of target share, and that's what I was expecting from him before I even looked at what Schultz did. He will likely be used as a deep threat. I am giving him that 18% target share. Now, I have his yards per target going back up from the last two trash situation years in Houston. Why? Well, he's got a better quarterback, and he's got easier coverage as the number two. Because the last two years in Houston, he had bad quarterback play, and he was the number one getting covered up by number one corners with bad uh, quarterback play. So that was a very hard situation to produce in. Now he's got a better quarterback. He will get easy coverage as CeeDee Lamb is going to be the number one, always being covered for the most part by the number one. So for Brandon Cooks, I am projecting 18% of the targets, 67% catch rate. Last two years, average in Houston, he had 64. A 13.7 yards per completion. He had 11.9 the last two years in Houston. A 9.2 yards per target. That's very good. He's a very good wide receiver. He had 7.6 yards per target in Houston the last two years. So that's a significant increase. So yes, I have all these large increases. I'm not scared by the age. He's being tw- paid $26 million by Dallas. He is their number two. Unquestioned, he is their number two. That's already five yawns. I, I'm i recording this at like five in the morning or four in the morning, so bear with me here. But I'm pushing out the content because I'm trying to get everything out to you guys so I can get to a lot more type of content like you know risers, fallers, values, trade targets, guys with schedules that you want to get for the end of the season for playoffs who has the best schedules all these all these kind of things that we'll get into you know best bets there's so much stuff busts hot takes so many things I want to get to so that's why I'm trying to pump all this stuff out to you guys as soon as possible so with that said Brandon Cooks projecting the things that I just went through being paid 26 million dollars by Dallas, he is their number two. It brings him out to 94 targets, 63 receptions, 859 yards, four touchdowns. Very close to his over/under line in stat, uh, in underdog. So I'm not touching it. 10.2 points per game. He's a late wide receiver four for me with upside if Dallas throws more than much more than I'm expecting, or if somebody gets hurt. But mainly if they throw more. Now, I'm not drafting much of Brandon Cooks. I thought I would be higher on him, honestly, but I'm just not because there's not that much value. I don't I don't see or volume. I don't see much volume to go around outside of CeeDee Lamb. He's in the Zay Jones, Jackson Smith, and Jigbar range, in case you're wondering. Now let's talk about Michael Gallup real quick. I'm giving him a 17% target share. He had garbage efficiency last year. He didn't look good. I'm expecting it to be better, but I'm not sure if he ever does much. I've lost interest in him as a dynasty asset. For me, he's basically, I don't even need to read his rejection out because it's so useless. I have 83 targets, 47 receptions, 582 yards, four touchdowns, 7.6 points per game. Need I say more? 7.6 points per game. Need I say more? I don't think so. Let's go to Tony Pollard. So the running backs last year got 15% of the targets. Pollard got a majority of that. That continues for me. I project Tony Pollard to get 12% of the targets with a similar rate of efficiency, 62 targets, 47 receptions, 374 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, this is the most important thing I can tell you about Tony Pollard and why he's being overdrafted. Okay, In games with 18 carries or more, Tony Pollard's yards per carry dropped from 5.6 to 4.2. Volume will tire him out. It will break him down over time and it leads to worse efficiency. Tony Pollard is best for 14, 15 touches, 17 touches at the max. Okay. They have, or I have 420 carries to the running back position projected for this Dallas Cowboys team this year. I'm giving 59% of that, which is 247 to Tony Pollard. That's almost 15 carries per game. It's 14.7. It's very hard for me to picture them taking or giving more than 15 carries per game to Tony Pollard. They already talked about during the season last year that they want to limit him. He even said himself that he doesn't feel as effective and he wants breathers and he doesn't want to just get all of the touches because then he can't be as good. He literally said something just along those lines. So why are we drafting him as if he's all of a sudden going to get those touches that nobody wanted to give him? He didn't even want to take himself. And he's going to be the same level of efficiency with all those extra touches. No. No. He's not 6'5", 240. He's not Derrick Henry. It's not going to happen. To me, he's getting about 15 carries per game and four targets a game that's already 19 touches that's ridiculous and that brings him for me that brings him out to 247 carries for 1161 rushing yards and nine rushing touchdowns so for me that's 1500 yards total and 11 touchdowns total that's 15.7 points per game he has a high end running back too he is being drafted right now as RB7 that's his ceiling why are we drafting Tony Pollard at his ceiling I'll pass I'll pass there's we have no reason to do that there's so many better options with that said that's uh the Dallas Cowboys quick and easy I don't like any of the lines other than Dak Prescott's under I don't like any of the other lines actually my projections on these guys which you guys might think is pessimistic and all that stuff my projections actually came out to line up almost perfectly with Vegas's lines. And I obviously do my projections without looking at that stuff because I don't want to get influenced. And it came out pretty close to it. All my projections other than Dak Prescott's are about 15% higher than what the over-under is, which is exactly how they design their over-unders because they want to protect and try to, you know, insulate against injury. So with that said, thank you guys for listening. Drop a rating, drop a review. Please, please, if you enjoy the show, drop a rating and drop a review. It means the world to me. It doesn't take you much time. Um, Just seeing those reviews come in or anything like that, it really makes my week. And it keeps me motivated to keep putting out podcasts. So even if you've already left a review and if it's been like a year or two, drop another one for me because it really does help and motivate me. So thank you guys for listening. Share it with a friend. Go check out Dynasty Rewind. I'll be over there as well in that partnership. Thank you. Dallas Cowboys. Tony Pollard's drafted too high. See, Lamb's drafted about right, but I, I like other options there. Dak Prescott's drafted too high. Brandon Cooks is drafted uh, just right. He's got some potential. I, I don't mind that as a late pick. Michael Gallup is useless. There you go. That's the story. Tony Pollard also, if he's being valued the way he is, in your league for like most dynasty leagues and they view people viewing him as like a rb1 locked and loaded for the next few years sell him away trust me you won't regret it all right now my time is done not even 30 minutes peace